You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, greetings, everyone. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to tune into the show. And I hope that this episode inspires and encourages you on your own journey. Special welcome if you're listening to the podcast for the very first time. Glad that you're here and I hope that you enjoy it. And for those who are regular listeners, thanks so much. You guys are amazing. You rock and I appreciate the support so very much. Also, a big shout out to my incredible sponsors, inlpcenter.org, offering world-class online neuro-linguistic programming and life coach training to people in over 70 countries. I'm honored to be able to receive my certifications from INLP Center through their incredible training and certification programs that are so easy to learn, so thorough, in-depth, and just really, really well thought out and put together. And to daily recovery support, interactive daily group calls in a safe atmosphere, For survivors of complex trauma, equipping you with the skills and information you can use every single day in your healing journey. Learn more about this affordable resource and get signed up at cptsdfoundation.org. If you find these podcasts helpful and maybe even a little bit fun too, then do consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends. That would be so awesome and I would definitely appreciate it. So my guest on this episode of the podcast today is Christy Maxey. Christy is a therapist licensed and based out of Arizona, a transformational coach and creator of the Max Method Self-Mastery Program, which helps you manage unpleasant emotions, clear limiting beliefs, and discover your dreams. You can learn more about Christy and her work at maxmethod.com. That's max, M-A-X-X, method.com. During our chat today on the podcast, Christy shares three key components to healing and transformation, what our negative core beliefs are and how they keep us stuck, how we're born valuable, but over time we learn to devalue ourselves, why it's uncomfortable to revisit feelings of the past because of our own self-judgments, and so much more. So without further delay, let's join my chat with Christy Maxey right now. So hey, Christy, welcome to Beyond Your Past. How are you? Oh, I'm good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. It's such an honor to talk to you. I know you and I had connected through email, and we've been chatting back and forth over the last couple of months, and um, I'm excited to bring you on to the show here to talk more about your work and your transition into coaching and everything about your upcoming book and your max method. So, uh, so uh, before we jump into all that good stuff, why don't we take a little time you can share and tell everybody who you are, just a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. Um, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. And I also, Matt, what you're doing, I think is just awesome. And I uh, enjoy following you and seeing all the awesome things that you're doing. Your daily recovery call, highly recommend. Give it to a lot of my clients. Um, So anyway, but yeah, I, oh yeah. Um, My name is Christy Maxey and I'm actually, I've been a therapist for 20 years in private practice and um, I am transitioning into personal development and transformational coaching. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. 
Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from one coach to a future coach, <laughs> welcome. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that we're going to talk, you know, some more about your your specialties and what kind of coaching you'll be doing and the book and everything that you've got. So we can jump in a little bit. You mentioned you were a practicing therapist for the last 20 years. So maybe share a little bit about your specialty, the type of clients you work with, anything along that area so people can get to know a little bit more about you. Okay. Well, you know, it was interesting because Part of my frustration in working, I love what I do. I love my work. Uh, But I kept feeling like, wow, so many people come to me and they're just wanting and needing to learn how to be human and how to deal with the human experience of grief and loss and stress and, you know, mild depression and anxieties and things like that. And um, about, well, my sister died a couple of, a little over a couple of years ago, and I had some other losses in my life and some, some tragedies going on in my family. And about a year and a half ago, I realized, wow, I haven't been addressing these things. I was just kind of soldiering through and working and being busy. And I took some time out. I decided, you know what, I've got to take some, I didn't take time off, but I went to my usual therapist. And I'd leave, you know, I went for a few sessions and I would leave and I was like, wow, this isn't really what I need. I don't think this is what I need. And I, and I thought, what do I need? And I thought, what do I do with my clients that help them feel better and, and get to a better place? And I thought about it and I thought, well, you know what, this is what I'm going to do for me. (laughs) And so I would take mornings each morning before I'd go to work and I took time out to do a lot of the things that I do. with my clients to help them feel better. And that is, you know, I did uh, visualizations with myself. I would do a lot of mindful work. I did a lot of inner child work and I did EMDR on myself, which is probably kind of weird for some people, but it worked. It really worked. I started feeling better. And not only did I start feeling better, I, I started realizing that I was living small and I wanted You know, I've always been an advocate of emotional intelligence because I think it should be more well known. I think we should. I think it's something we should learn when we're children. And that's when I decided I'd always kind of thought about coaching. And and that right then is when I decided I'm going to go off into coaching and build an online presence. And that's what I started to do. Yeah, it sounds great. And one of the things that you mentioned, which I found kind of interesting, because I've used this um, analogy on myself and with clients too, actually, is you mentioned about um, people coming to you learning how to be human again. And that's, that's a really, really interesting take on it. Because, you know, so often, if you are seeing a therapist or, you know, or, or some other helping professional, you feel like, there are so many things that are wrong with you and you, you don't really feel like you're quote unquote, a regular human being, or we don't like to use the word normal, but you know, just kind of like an everyday person, because you feel like there's so many things you have to work through so many struggles. You feel like you're broken. You feel like you're never going to get better. So one yeah. of the things of course that I found too, is I was working with a therapist for um, a couple of years and I got to a point similar to where you were to where I was like, okay, I think I've kind of taken this and and allowed it to run its course. And, you know, it helped me in a lot of ways, but now I need something different or a bit of a transition into a new strategy because I feel like I need to kind of just uh, change things up a little bit. And so then I decided to check into coaching, which of course is what you were mentioning as well. 
And one of the things that I mentioned when I started working with a coach was I'm trying to just figure out what everyday people do and if I'm doing it right or not doing it right or things that I can do to feel normal or human again. So it's interesting that you brought that up because, mm-hmm. you know, coaching is um, all about taking you where you are in everyday life and, of course, moving you forward towards your goals and and your plans and, you know, that sort of thing. So I just thought it was very cool that something that you mentioned is something that I had used as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, I think that none of us are exempt from any of this. And even people who have, quote unquote, normal or, you know, decent childhoods, we still have thoughts or beliefs about who we are. And this is my thing is I think we're driven by three things. Emotions, our emotions, our thoughts and our our dreams. What do we want? And usually we get stuck somewhere along those three things. And when I was in my struggle, I was feeling like I'm not good enough or or it was like, oh, gosh, there's something wrong with me. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to go down that road. I really wanted to dig in there and look at what's the negative core belief that was kind of keeping me stuck. I was grieving also, you know, because I did lose my sister Um, but I think I had some limiting beliefs about maybe my career, like that I can't succeed or I can't be bigger or I can't, uh, reach a a bigger audience. And I really made myself look at those beliefs. Um, but I think that none of us are exempt from this. And so we're all driven by emotions, thoughts, and dreams. And what I find is that when I work with somebody, like, for example, I was working with somebody yesterday. And um, I'd been working with her for a little while and she was going through a divorce and going through some uncomfortable emotions and a lot of I'm not good enough. That seems to be a real common belief sometimes. And um, once she came in yesterday and she's starting to shift. And when people start shifting out of those negative core beliefs, like I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy, then they go, "Okay, what do I want to do with my life? And I think I don't know. I just love that process. And I love to watch people do that. Yeah. And it's so true because, you know, when you, when you're working with a therapist, obviously you're trying to, to work through your past and understand it and heal it and, you know, kind of make sense of it all and just come to terms with, with what happened so you can move forward. And then when you get to a point when you're ready to move forward, you have all these emotions and things that you've been, you know, mulling around in your head, you know, maybe uh, consciously or uh, subconsciously that, that have been holding you back and, and keeping you stuck based on, past trauma or, you know, uh, things that happen in your relationships or even things that are more current. So you start to really see all these negative things that, that keep you in a small place, as you mentioned, you know, that keep you from moving forward. And that's the beauty of, of coaching is, okay, let's figure out what all these beliefs are that, that are holding you back, figure out where they came from and how we can work through them and then use that to our advantage moving forward in the future. And I think that's something that I really latched onto is, okay, I know that I've been through some traumatic stuff in my life, or I'm going through some problems now. I've got some things that that are holding me back. What in the world is it? How can I overcome it and use it as a learning experience so I can move forward and not be held back so much? So I, I love that, you know, we're talking right. about these, these, these negative core beliefs, because those are things that are, you know, ingrained in us because of, of the trauma, because we were groomed by somebody to believe it. And then once you realize where that's coming from, just even being able to kind of put that label on it or or define it is, is maybe a better word to say it. That is really empowering too, because you're like, okay, 
I know why I have these self-esteem problems. I know why I don't feel like I can move forward or, you know, why I can't go back to school or, or go into this new relationship or whatever the case may be, because I'm being held back by these, these, these beliefs that were ingrained in me from perhaps years and years ago. Right. Yes. You know, we are all born valuable. And what happens is we learn to devalue ourselves along the way somewhere. Even even if there's no childhood trauma or even if it's a small T trauma, there also are societal ways that we learn to devalue ourselves. And so, yes, that that's what I love to do is help people learn to genuinely love and value themselves. Yeah. And you know what? It's so interesting because you're right. Um, I, I love this quote. We are all born valuable, but we learn to devalue ourselves along the way. And that's so true because of things that that have happened to us. And then, you know, we start to take ownership of that and think we're now we're always going to be this way or we believe something that somebody told us or that we, um, you know, has been ingrained in our head for any number of reasons. So when you can learn to to revalue yourself or empower yourself or, you know, kind of strip yourselves of all those old negative thoughts. I mean, that's just, it's super encouraging. And, and I love it when you, when you work with a client and like the light bulb goes on of, I know why I'm feeling this way now, how can I use this to my advantage? And that's something I really try and, and help, you know, clients latch onto is this, this is what it is, you know, this is how we can, you know, learn from it. And this is how we can overcome it in the future, because now you're aware of it. That's right. Yep. Aren't yeah. we lucky that we get to do this kind of work? Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I just I really love because I know when I worked with a therapist and, and and you know obviously with a coach of my own, having those own light bulb moments for myself as I like to call them or those aha moments as some people say, those are those are life changing things. I mean, those are things that that stick in your head as really big breakthroughs. And um, you know, so I know what it feels like for me and them. You know, when it, when a client has those same things, you're like, yes. I mean, you know, you just want to jump up and give them a high five. It's so great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The other, I think, byproduct of it that I love and that I think needs to, again, be taught as we're children is then people start learning how to manage those uncomfortable emotions. We're all human beings. We have emotions. And what I find is that most people want to fight them, right? Oh, I don't want to feel that loss or that grief, or I don't want to feel that fear. And actually, we have to learn to do the opposite, that we are human that we have these emotions and just being mindful of them first is one of the key components to making change. You cannot change anything until you first become aware of it. When you become aware of, of just how devaluing and how limiting those beliefs are and, and where they come from, you just feel like, okay, I've got to shake this off. I've got to get rid of this somehow. This is, you know, I don't feel good when I feel like this. And maybe, you know, it's something that that we've defaulted to for years and years or decades or maybe our whole life because it's all we've ever known. So it's familiar. Therefore, with it's comfortable. Therefore, therefore, we think it's all we can do or it's what we go to rather than, you know, kind of changing those beliefs in our mindset of getting away from those negative beliefs about who we are and what we're capable of and challenging those and then reframing them into something that's that's, you know, helpful and uh, empowering. So. Um, yeah, so let's kind of jump into a little bit. So what are your specific specialties with your type of work in terms of being a therapist now? And then the life transformation coaching that you mentioned you want to dive into? Uh, well, you know what, I, I work with people that have some trauma. And usually they'll come to me and they're not even sure they're not even aware that they do have trauma. But when we dig a little bit, yes, there's been some trauma there. 
Um, I work with people that um, are having relationship issues. Um, but I, I really do believe that my specialty is just helping anybody learn to genuinely love and value themselves for who they are. Uh, because I know that people that come to me that are stuck in their career or they're not sure what to do, it's usually stemming from they're not valuing themselves somehow. And so just uh, really helping them dive in there and find out what way, what's the negative core beliefs? What are the emotions that are going on? This is the thing about emotions too, is even if somebody is feeling um, grief or sadness, like even when I allowed myself to just be aware of my grief and really sit with it for a while first becoming aware of it second step second very important step is accepting it allowing it to be there then wisdom starts showing through and so then I might look at oh like you know I have this belief that you know I'll never get over this oh okay is that true and then looking at that and changing that and transforming emotions and negative beliefs yeah, I love it. That's awesome. And you had mentioned um, about how sitting with these negative core beliefs are, you know, are trying to kind of dive in and figure out what's going on and feel those feels as, as you know, we like to say sometimes that's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, because I mean, you don't want to feel that way, but at the same time, it's almost this thing of we default to feeling this way because it's all we know. But if somebody wants us to go there in like a conscious way, it's very, very disconcerting. So, I mean, yeah. I kind of have my own thoughts on that, but I want to see what you think as to why it's so difficult for us to uh, consciously go to one of those places of a negative belief or feel something or revisit a trauma consciously when subconsciously we do it probably every day, if not all the time, but we just don't realize it because it's come such a habit. Sometimes there's a real, even if we are not aware of it, there's a subtle judgment of it. So when we're judging anything, when we're judging our feelings and our thoughts, it's going to actually be more uncomfortable. So I think that tr- I think the trick is uh, learning self-compassion, which is very challenging and very difficult to do at first. It takes work and it takes practice. But uh, we actually learn to abandon ourselves when I, I believe when we're in any kind of trauma. Um, we learn to abandon ourselves and we don't know how to give ourselves compassion. So we learn, it's very, very, it's much easier to uh, judge ourselves in our emotion or our reaction to our trauma or our reaction to even a fight in a, in a relationship. We judge ourselves rather than, and, and that's not helpful. That keeps us stuck and it keeps us spinning our wheels and it keeps us feeling bad. And so I really do think one of the most important components to healing is self-compassion, because when you can learn self-compassion, it can be so healing. And there is where you see transformation. Yeah, that is a perfect segue into uh, what I wanted to bring up next. And that is, um, you had mentioned that one of the com- one of the necessary components of healing is self-compassion. Um, of course, that's something that we don't normally have for ourselves, especially when there's a history of trauma. As you right. mentioned, we're, we, are, we are judging ourselves, we're beating ourselves up. We think we're not quote unquote normal. We think that we can't do things that other people can or all the dreams that we had when we were kids or teenagers or young adults, we're not worthy of going after those or we're not capable of or you know, there's no reason to even try because we'll fail because of situations that we've gone through in the past. So 
we know that self-compassion is a big component of healing. What are some other? Well, uh, well two that I, already, that I did mention, being aware. Can't change anything until we first become aware. Second is acceptance. And acceptance starts coming right before compassion. So you have to kind of accept that, oh, I'm feeling uh, my pain or I'm feeling my sorrow. Um, and then compassion. Now, I think ways to heal, and sometimes you need help with this, is inner child work. I think inner child work is very powerful. Going back to the little boy or the little girl that was hurt or the little boy or the little girl in you that didn't feel important. And going back and and just doing inner child work, reparenting her with the adult you with compassion, listening to what it was like to be her through visualization and things like that. And then um, looking looking at your inner wounded child and seeing what's valuable about her or him. Yeah, I know. I did a lot of uh, inner child work on my, you know, with 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 the help of a therapist and even some with with my coach and. Uh. Inner child work is something that can be very difficult for some people to to really embrace because you don't want to go back to that inner child possibly because they were ones that were traumatized um, or maybe you don't think that you have an inner child or, you know, you can't mm-hmm. communicate with them or they have nothing to say because you're older now and, you know, what they have, um, you know, to give you in life doesn't matter anymore. Why is it in your experience so difficult for people to go back and kind of connect with an inner child and what makes it so emotionally healing and and rewarding when you can actually do it? Because I I know it works, but there are some people who really, really struggle with it because of, you know, any number of reasons. Yeah, I think that it's scary to go back and face um, those feelings again, those emotions that were so horrifying. Um, That's just a scary thing. And I think it has to be done with the help of the guy, the guidance of the, the person you're working with, the client that, you know, I always say to my clients, look, you got, you know yourself way better than I do. And I need to know from you if, you know, we're going too fast or if you're not ready to go there, if, you know, you're feeling uncomfortable and then just taking it kind of step by step. Maybe they need a little bit of uh, visualization to have compassion that they're even doing this work in the first place. You know, so I might have them, you know, breathe in some um, comfort to themselves, like breathing in comfort and breathing out fear and getting them to a better place that where they feel safer to go there. But what I find is really a lot of people are ready to heal that part of themselves. You know, they um, it's easy for them to see the little boy that needed a hug or to see the little girl that needed to be seen and heard. Um, so for some people, it is easy. Yes. For some people, it it is more difficult. And I think you just have to take some steps before you, before you go to that kind of work, like maybe even just having them write a a letter to their little five-year-old. Yes. I've, I've done that. I've done that writing assignments, um, a time or two when you actually write to your inner child. And I think like my biggest, well, not my biggest, but one of the, one of the biggest hurdles for me in doing it was getting to a place where I could actually talk to that inner child in like a non-judgmental way and kind of talk to him on, on his level. And so, you know, it was, it was just kind of like this, this realization Mm -hmm. that that I had to recognize, first of all, he was there because I never Mm -hmm. thought of myself as having an inner child. Um, I mean, I mean, I like to do silly and goofy things as an adult sometimes, which is obviously childlike behavior, but it's great. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun to do, 
silly, fun things from time to time. Um, but I never equated that with inner child work. And so when I still, when I did my first writing assignment of writing a letter to my inner child and just like, it, it was almost just like an introduction. It was very short and just kind of, mm. you know, Hey, and I, I, I think I called him little Matt or something. I honestly can't remember. It's in a, it's in yeah. a, a writing assignment, but I was like, Hey, little Matt, I want to, you know, just reach out and say hello and reintroduce myself and see what you have to say. And I think that's kind of pretty much all it was, or that was the general extent of it, but it was that kind of, and I I say this very lightly because I don't like to use this word, this term, but I had to get past myself and get past my inhibitions of writing to myself and writing to an inner child um, that was traumatized and that was young. And of course, you know, here I am decades older now an adult and been through all kinds of things. So, so when I was able to kind of come to a level where I could write a letter to that little child in a, in a way that felt natural and in a way that I think he could understand. It was very, it was, I mean, it was weird at first. I'm not going to lie. It was friggin' weird. Right, right. But once I did it, then I was able to kind of get in touch a little bit more. And you can, I mean, your, your inner child has a voice. I mean, you know, anybody who does inner child work, you know, the inner child has a voice. They have something to say. They have something they want to share with you. And when you can start to tune into that, and, and give them that voice that they never had or maybe haven't had in a long, long time, you really, really start to see things from their perspective. And it gives you a new awareness of what they went through, how brave they were to survive, how how things that happened weren't their fault. And, and that's a really big way into leading into a lot of self-compassion is definitely inner child work. Yes. Yes. And sometimes it does help if somebody can reference their own child, if they're having a difficult time, having compassion for themselves, if they can think about the compassion they have for their child and then trans uh, transferring it back to them Um, or a friend. You know, I always say, okay, what would you say to a friend? And so, okay, now try to say that to yourself. And even if it doesn't feel true at first, even if it feels completely false, the more and more you say it, the more and more true it will become and, and really authentically uh, you'll feel it authentically. Yeah. I could not agree more. I think it's, it's so true when you can start to relate to that inner child, to give them a voice, to recognize them. And I mean, you know, it just, it really, it opens up a very unique world of healing that I'll, I'll be honest. Like when I first started doing it, I thought my therapist was nuts. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, I I don't think I have an inner child, but if I do, (laughs) I really don't want to talk to him because I'm a lot older and he's in the past and you know, what he went through was horrible. And, and, and obviously I was judging him because he didn't run away. He didn't tell somebody, he didn't stop the abuse, all these things. So yeah, Yeah. compassion for him, obviously leads to learning, have leads to learning to have compassion for yourself. And that's where we're talking about with, with uh, self-compassion being such a big key to healing. Yeah, it's sort of like um, you're you're rebonding with yourself. And the other thing is, too, is I love about inner child is you can ask the child, what do you need? You know, what do you need right now? And then, you know, okay, well, the child might say, um, I need to know I'm important. So that's a a place where you can start working with your inner child. You can start uh, writing him letters about how important he is, you know. Or visualizing, telling him how important he is, or visualize taking him uh, to a museum because he's so important, you know. And so that's just that whole kind of rebonding with yourself, uh, healing process. Yeah, and you're right. When you say it, you, it opens up the world, I think it does. I think there's so much work that can be done there. Yeah, yeah, because you know, once you start to extend that that kindness and that compassion and that understanding and that 
um, you know, empathy and everything for the inner child, you, it starts to translate into yourself, you know, and, and, and you start to realize that you are important and you aren't capable and you are worthy and you are all the things that you thought you weren't, you know, yes, in a positive exactly. way. So that's huge. So yes, pretty powerful, huh? Is it? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, when I first started it, I thought my therapist was nuts, but man, I'm a huge believer in it. And I've, it's been a very big part of my healing is doing inner child work. It was hard. It was hard as hell. It was not easy. Mm. But I mean, when you, when you come to that place where you're open to trying it, it's, it's life changing. Um, uh, so um, yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. So on the, the last thing I want to mention here is your is your uh, book that you're working on and your Max Method coaching. So tell us a little bit more about that and how I can help others and when it's going to you know start to come in to be available and all that good stuff. Yeah. So um, you know, at the end of my kind of healing process about a year ago, or actually it was about a year and a half ago, I started uh, jotting some things down about what I was doing, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is turning out to be a method." And a friend of mine said, oh, you should, I, I said, I, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and I, and I was talking about creating some uh, workbooks and things like that. And she goes, you should call them Max Manuals. <laughs> and and so as I was creating this, where I was, I was writing down what I was doing for myself, I was like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm being mindful. I'm, uh, I, and I wrote down a lot of activities that I did that were uh, opening my mindfulness to what was going on for me at that time. Um, I was focusing on my emotions because I was hurting so bad and grieving. And so I wrote a bunch of exercises that I did that helped me with my emotions. Uh, I looked at my thoughts. I did healing. And then I uh, realized what my dreams were. And I said, okay, that's going to be own, own your dreams. And then the next part was like actually do what I was dreaming. And so, so the method is an acronym for mindfulness, emotion, thought, healing, own your dreams and do it. Um, I think, again, it's got the core components of looking at your emotions, your thoughts and your dreams. What do you want to do in your life? And then it has the mindfulness. You can't change anything until you first become aware and the healing component. And then how are you going to put it all together and actually do it? <clears throat> so anyway, I'm in the process of, of working on it. I've been working on it for a while, but um, I'm hoping that it will be completed by the end of the year. And I'm talking to editors uh, this week and next and trying to figure out how I'm going to publish it and things like that. Um, the other part of it is that I want it, I want to create, it's not only going to be a workbook, but I want it to be a journal so that people can have so, some sort of guide when they're journaling that might be more efficient. Sometimes I'm all about efficiency. How can we, how can we heal faster? <laughs> um and how can we learn this stuff quicker? So I like the idea of a journal where they've got this guide that they can look through and look at, you know, their emotions and their thoughts and what do they need to do to heal and what are their dreams and things like that. I'm hoping it can help a lot of people. It sounds great. And of course, um, you know, once it's once it's released and published and everything, definitely let me know because we'll bring you back on the, uh, you know, the podcast to talk about it. And I love how you have the acronym put together, of course, the Max Method, the book you're working on, the workbook, the journal. And yeah, I think it's uh, just to maybe talk about journaling for um, a little bit yet here. Mm -hmm. That is something that not everybody can do. But mm -hmm. if you are in a place where you can journal, um, that I felt like journaling for myself was the first step to blogging was the first step to sharing my story. And of course it led to the podcast and eventually becoming a coach. So 
other than, you know, uh, reaching out to see a therapist and realize that, that I needed to do some work. Journaling was one of the foundations that helped me um, really, really kind of get in touch with myself and get out those feelings. And a lot of what I wrote has, has never been published and never will be, especially the early stuff, because it was just thoughts and scribbles and frustrations and venting. Yeah. But, you know, kind of seeing, like, if I go back and read that very first journal entry that I wrote years ago to where I am now, and, and as, like, like you mentioned, it gives you just this kind of progression of where you've come and where you're and where you've where you're at now and where you're headed, like that's, that's pretty powerful stuff. When you can read what you wrote and see the shift in your own writing and then others see that shift too, you know, if you start to share your work, like that's just friggin' huge. Yeah. You know, I've never been much of a journaler. I, that's not something that, that works for me. And, and I think you either love it or you don't. I, but what I like about this, because I think that a lot of times people journal and there's no guide to it, you know, and, and not that it's not helpful. It can definitely be helpful. But part of my thing is uh, teaching emotional intelligence. And so I wanted to kind of combine workbook with emotional intelligence. So I, I want people to learn more about what's going on, what's driving us, you know, our emotions, thoughts and our dreams. And what do we do when those get stuck? And so uh, that's why I like the idea of this journal, because there's going to be a guide to it. There's going to be um, steps for them to take. They could, you know, somebody could use the journal and get a little bit clear on what's going on for them. They could take it into their, th their therapist and go, hey, you know what? I circled these thoughts. These are my thoughts that keep getting in my way. And again, I just think that would be more efficient for people because sometimes people go to therapists. And, um, you know, there's a lot of talk, there are a lot of talk therapy, a lot of talk therapy, and the real work doesn't get done until later on down the road. I think that honing in a little bit more on what's the crux of what's going on here? What are the uncomfortable emotions and what are the negative thoughts? I had some breakthroughs um, in, you know, obviously in talk therapy. I mean, there, there were breakthroughs, but most of what I was able to talk about or bring up or came up was because of writing assignments or mm. of journaling things. And, you know, I mean, I, I was never a journaler. I was never much of a writer per se until I started working with someone and, and kind of getting my thoughts out. Um, so, you know, I definitely get that not everybody's a journaler, not everybody likes it, not everybody's comfortable doing it. And so, you know, obviously there's different ways to journal. I mean, you can write it out, you can type it out, you can now use an app on your phone and speak it. So, yes. you know, there's lots of different ways. And I think, yeah, doing that kind of stuff, if you're working with a therapist or a coach, when you write something out consciously, you start writing and things just start flowing out like crazy. Then you're like, oh, my God, you know, where did this come from? Those are the kind of things that you can work with with your helping professional and say, hey, you know, why is this theme still coming up? Or why do I keep saying this or going back here? And that's where a lot of things come out that you don't even, you don't even necessarily know that you're writing. You're just kind of talking about this, that in your life. And all of a sudden you start to see a theme of a certain mindset or, you know, a certain phrase or something that keeps repeating that you can kind of latch on to and dive into a little bit. And you're right. I think that's where huge breakthroughs can come through when you write stuff out or speak it out and then talk it over with someone and really kind of figure out where it's coming from. Um, because, you know, once you get something out um, of your head, it, that's where the healing can, can really take off too, because no longer is it suppressed and isolated in there and, and you're just beating yourself up about it. Now you've got somebody who can help you make sense of it and see it from a realistic outside point of view and then help you work forward past it. 
Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. Really good work. Awesome. The other thing that I'd like to do is down the road is I'd like to create a Max Method workbook for children and then one for adolescents. Once your um, book is out here, hopefully by the end of this year, as you mentioned, let me know. Uh, we can bring you back on the show. And then, of course, as things evolve with the book for children and adolescents, I think it would be something great to dive into and to talk about. So, uh, before we wrap this up, Christy, thanks again for coming on. Let everybody know where they can find you uh, online, through social media, all that good stuff if they want to learn more about you and the upcoming Max Method. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed talking to you. And I love your articles. I was thinking about an article that you wrote on Inner Child, and I really like that. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So people can find me at christymaxi.com. And then they can, I'm also on uh, Facebook, Instagram, not a whole lot on Twitter, but anyway, they can find those icons on the christymaxi.com website. I also have a maxmethod.com website, and that's kind of in the works and uh, working on building uh, classes and groups, which hopefully will be up in the next month or two. Excellent. I love it. So definitely everybody check out christymaxi.com. I'll have it in the show notes and the blog post. Uh, Christy, thanks again so much for coming on. Um, It's been an honor to chat with you today. Uh, Thanks a lot, Matt. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only and is not a substitute for or supersedes professional medical help or mental health counseling. Thank you again to my sponsors, inlpcenter.org and Daily Recovery Support. I hope you'll consider checking them out as they've joined forces to help keep the lights on here at the podcast and help Beyond Your Past reach as many as possible with a message of hope. If you'd like to learn more about working with me as your coach, or if you're curious about what life coaching is and how it might be right for you, then head on over to beyondyourpast.com and claim your free one-hour session where we can talk about the struggles in your life in the areas of anxiety and trauma recovery and see if coaching might be a great fit for you. Thanks again for listening, and I do hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with all your friends. See you next time.